0: Kalu, um, before we start, do um, here to help uh, widen the scope a bit. Actually, I think we should all um, share the, the link for the for the speech so that others can join with and then we start. So just okay. yeah, so just to help the space, just if, if you're on Twitter, kindly uh, retweet, like, uh, quote the tweet, and then share the tweet as well. If if you're not on Twitter, kindly. Get a link out there and then, then um, get a lot of people to join. Because today's, today's space promises to be innovative and exciting as always. So yeah, let's kindly share the tweet, uh, retweet, like everything you can do to promote uh, the, your mind day space today's, today's space.
1: Okay, so I think I'm done with the sharing. So I think, like, we can start, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so guys, um, welcome again.
2: Yeah. Um, I think we, we can't
1: hear you
0: clearly. Because I can't really hear you.
1: You can't hear me clearly. Yeah, now I
0: can hear you.
1: Okay, okay. Then maybe I wasn't talking that loud. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so guys, welcome to yet another session of your Mind Day uh, Esports Edition. And I hope you all are having a good weekend as usual. A a good week as usual. Um, Last week, we touched on, in case you were not here, we touched on um, soft skills that we got through... Um, e-sports. Yeah, soft skills we gain through e-sports. And we had to learn a lot. We had to learn um, from our guests and other people some soft skills like communication skills, leadership skills. It gives us good sportsmanship. It helps us in um, in, in good reactions and being able to adapt. Yeah, and I, one of our guests, I think Mr. Dark Horse... Esports, yeah. He also shared with us that it helped him in um, navigation of GPS through plane of granted, helped him in video editing. So, these are some of the soft skills that some people had, have learned from um, esports or acquired from esports. So, just to touch on that, that was our previous topic, just in case you were not on the space. So, today we are talking about benefits and challenges of hosting esports events, both online and offline. Yeah. So we have some guests here, people who organize tournaments on a regular, people who are well-known for organizing tournaments, successful tournaments. Yes, if you get me. And we have a gamer as a guest here. I think Mr. Westbrook has played um, tournaments in different um, regions in Ghana. So I'll hand over the mic to Sly to help us um, to help our guests introduce themselves better. So, it's like, Charlie.
0: Yeah, um, um, thank you, Carlo, for for bringing me on to this opportunity once again. Just like you said, this weekend, our major topic for the day is benefits and challenges of hosting esports sports events. If you are new to a space like this, um, on Thursday, your Mindy podcast is for esports. If you don't know what esports is, just like your traditional sports with your football, your basketball, your tennis, your volleyball, esports is now a sport. It's now a professional sport. So we've got e-athletes. So probably you won't see them on the pitches, on the courts, but they are with controllers or their phones or even a keyboard and a mouse. So they are also professional e-athletes. And comparing e-sports to sports, is almost the same. Because with sports, these professional athletes need their tournaments or their competition to excel. So like football, we have the World Cup, the Champions League. For basketball, we've got the NBA and other leagues as well. So these players need these competitions to be able to excel and then make their money. That's the reason why they're in the sports. And just like that, same for e as well, the e-athletes. Need their competitions to be able to also make their money and then get their name out there so in fifa we've got the fifa league nations the fifa club world cup series for the nba 2k we've got an nba 2k league as well so there are a lot of competitions out there but like always there are challenges and there's the positive side and the negative side of organizing tournaments and hosting them so today we took, we took our time to select our guests carefully. We, we took our time to select the guests carefully, as we are going to hear from the organizing side and the player side. So we have players who are on the space with us. We've got organizers of such tournaments. Um, since we are in Ghana, we've got a lot of uh, the Ghanaian organizers here, and definitely once we are in Ghana, we'll get benefits and challenges as well. So we'll be hearing from them shortly. I think we should start with um Kobe. If if you don't know who Kobe is, Kobe is uh, the one whose handle is show you. Yeah, so Kobe he is from eSports African News. They are um, a media outlets. I think Esports African News and Esports Africa tournament. They are media outlets. And right now also I, I think tournament directors, the the create tournaments, organize tournaments if you want to also get your tournaments out there. They can help you to promote it as well. So, Kobe from Esports Africa, News, good evening.
3: Hi, good evening. So, um, thank you so much for having me. Um, looking forward to the conversation.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. We are, we are really, we are really excited to have you on this one. And um, the f- first question is: first question I usually ask my guests uh,
3: is, how, how how has the esports
2: story
3: been? Like, what what got you into esports? In um. So mine hasn't been quite like everyone else's. Um, I've been a casual game player all my life, um, you know patronizing game centers right from my childhood, but actively getting into eSports um, was mainly as a result of business and trying to get in front of the new eSports wave that is washing over Africa. Um, and so it's not quite effective. It's not you know the average story you hear out there every day.
0: Yeah, this is, this is a really, really different one. I haven't heard this side at all. So, not everybody's looking to get into esports as a player. There's business when it comes to esports as well. So, um, the reason why we got Kobe on here is he's from Esports Africa Games and Esports Africa Tournaments. I think the, the second part even suggests the reason why this here because he organized a lot of tournaments. Um, Kobe, can you give us an estimate of how many tournaments you've should I say B2 in Ghana or like roughly? Uh,
3: I, can't, I can't put a number to it, but I've yeah. been to quite, quite a number. Because of course, there's, there's,
0: there's a lot. Okay. Um, yes. now, now, the thing that people don't know is what exactly goes into tournaments. So, can you give us a breakdown of what actually goes into creating a tournament before before the DD, like an offline tournament?
3: Right. Um, so, Working as a tournament organizer is a bit different from every other um, role in esports, in the sense that it involves months of planning and coordinating, and it's heavily reliant on logistics and finances. Um, you're looking at trying to create the perfect atmosphere for gamers and patrons, and that means that you need to put yourself in the shoes of those who are going to patronize it, or those who are going to play. So that you know you try as much as possible to create a tailored event for them. Um and so getting right into it, you start off with a budget, um, depending on what you want to achieve, because and um, it's important you're able to get the logistics right. The budget also needs to include your price pool or your price and your cash price. If it's going to if it's going to be a cash price or it's going to be a a price that is that involves, you know, um, other souvenirs and stuff like that. You also need to include that in your budget, and you need to indicate um, the genre of the game you are playing. Um, Call of Duty Mobile, Mortal Kombat, FIFA, and try to appeal to the players in that particular genre. And that means that doing a lot of marketing and advertising. And it goes back to being financially dependent or heavily reliant on your finances as well. Um, You can solicit the help of friends and colleagues and other, um, you know, industry players, but that's, you know, they can only do so much. At the end of the day, you are looking to deliver a certain experience that would linger on in the minds of those who come, whether they are playing or they are just there to view the event. And so you have to make sure that everything is airtight as much as possible. And you have contingencies in case things don't go as planned. Wow, I feel like
0: Kobe Kobe has really said everything. But I've also been to a lot of tournaments myself. And one time a player asked me this question. He was like, he got into esports because he wanted to play in tournaments. What about the tournament organizers? What, what are their aims for, for creating tournaments? So what do you think?
3: Um. So, I I I will I would approach this in in two folds. Um, chiefly because we are in a content-driven world, a content or data-driven world, and so, um, there's a way to leverage on the content that comes out of tournaments and events like these. Okay. Um, you are also looking at a way of bringing people together and creating a common platform for them to earn some money for themselves. Of course nobody goes into business looking to make losses and so there are ways around these things to get a little money out of and through sponsorships um through um ad spaces or marketing opportunities for other companies who can pay and then advertise through your your um your tournament and so you know people go into it for different reasons some want to make money someone to just create an opportunity for people to um, express themselves as gamers and make money for themselves
4: okay
0: okay okay really 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 interesting so for, for for a country like Ghana where esports is not popular you know, and you're an organizer you're looking to create a tournament how difficult is it, is it, is it to get sponsors on board for
3: for a tournament it's, it's rather challenging Uh, it's rather challenging. Fortunately for us in Ghana here, we have, you know, associations and we have unions that help us to um, better negotiate these terms with um, potential investors, especially when it comes to events. But that does not take away from the fact that it's really difficult, especially seeing as most people try to do it on their own. Okay, 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 okay. Really,
0: really well said. Really, really well said. So now... I'll let i let you put it into your own words. What do you think are, are the three key things that tournament organizers get from tournaments? What are What are the benefits of tournaments um, of hosting tournaments for
3: for tournament organizers?
4: Um. Uh, so you have
3: the content part, you have the mm. money part, you also have the opportunity to bring people together to have fun. You know, there's a certain joy when you see that people are having fun or enjoying themselves as a yeah, result of your yeah. no hard work. And so just yeah. the entire pleasure that people derive from the the tournaments you have put together also sort of gives you pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally
0: agree with you. And now for the challenges for, for those of us in Ghana, I know there are a lot of challenges, but what do you think are, are the three main challenges that, that a tournament organizers space?
4: So,
3: um you have logistics. Mm -hmm. Um, logistics in a sense that you know sometimes getting a console or getting consoles or mobilizing you know these kind of devices and gadgets monitors, screens, all of that transportation constraints and all of that also fall within the logistics um, as a challenge Um, financial constraints as well because if you want to put together a decent tournament you need a substantial amount of money and you know there's no money going around, and so you have to scrape by barely. Um, I think one other challenge would be the fact that the gamers themselves don't come out to play because you always hear the, you know, the famous excuse: "Oh, this person is playing, then he's probably going to win." But <laughs> they forget that you know things like these are not scripted, right? And you you go into tournaments based on form. So if you think that you know you're feeling good about yourself and you have done well enough, it doesn't depend it doesn't matter whether it's a Kalu coming to play or it's a Wonder Kid coming to play or it's an ice cool sniper going to play. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> you're you're looking at um, getting people to enjoy themselves as much as they can, even though winning is the main aim for, for coming to a tournament. And so getting gamers to come out and play for tournaments is also a challenge um, when organizing or putting together a tournament. Okay, okay. Um, oh,
0: finally, I feel like... Your final question, Kobe. I feel like you really have a, a wide scope of hosting tournaments because you have hosted offline tournaments and you've done so with online tournaments as well. Would you say um, hosting
3: online tournaments are easier than um, hosting offline tournaments? Uh, so before I get to your question, we are, so, currently, we are putting together um, a tournament that is looking at connecting gamers across Africa. Um, we are calling it AU Esports Connect. Um, obviously, it's going to be online for the most part, but we are looking at ways of um, making it offline or making it a LAN event as well. So, for that, the challenges are in twofold. You have the cost of internet connection and, you know, how fast you can get the connection. Um, that's also a challenge, especially when you're doing online events. Um, looking at how content sharing on consoles and stuff like that is streaming is also going to be a challenge and if your internet already is not good enough and you want to stream as well, I mean it's double trouble for you yeah, for offline events because of what we want to do, and I'm basing you know the answer on what we want to do you're looking at flying people into a a singular country or a a common country where they can all play. And we know the issues with, you know,
1: air travel or even
3: bus travel. Um, The last event, um, the last Orange East sports event that happened in um, Ivory Coast was quite a challenge because, you know, traveling by bus and all these border issues and customs issues that had to go on before, you know, people were allowed into it. So, it's quite heavily influenced by a lot of things, and each one has their own unique challenge um, that makes it rather difficult to put together.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Surely, surely,
0: surely. Um, th- thank you for, for for all the information you have shared. Um, those on the space, if you've got any question for Kobe or Shoyo, and uh, you can you can raise your hand, we'll give you a task. But uh, thanks a lot, Kobe. You really, really gave us a lot. I think you said a lot regarding regarding the benefit of this sport. I think you really, really said a lot. Because a lot of people don't know why organizers host tournaments, and I think Kobe really, really touched on it. Because this is also a business. That's the, that's the key thing for me as well. So uh, thank you, Kobe. We we'll move on to our next guest. Um, now let's we've heard from an organizer's perspective. Now let's look for a player. Let's hear from what a player feels like is a benefit of eSports tournaments and also a challenge of eSports tournaments. So, we've got a player in Westbrook. He's a FIFA player from Ghana. He's played in multiple tournaments. So I feel like he is he is the best candidate for, for a space like this. He's going to share a lot with us. Westbrook, if you can hear me kindly, I'm um, going to mute your mic and then we, we, we get ready. Westbrook, good evening. Well, it seems like Westbrook's network isn't ready, but we have another tournament organizer on the space. JB, he organizes offline, online tournament. Sorry, he's part of the Plus Legends Esports team. The Plus Legends Esports team just Created their eSports team as well. He, he organizes a lot of online tournaments for FIFA players. And I'm sure he'll probably be looking to widen his scope as well. So, JD, I've sent you an invite to speak. So, so if you are ready, we can just go. And um, so j- just to reiterate what, what Kobe said, esports is a business. If if you are entering into esports as an organiser, or you're looking to host tournaments, you really have to plan things well. Because he said there are a lot of challenges in there. The finding logistics. Logistics in the sense that if, if you're looking to stream, your streaming equipment has to be ready, your consoles have to be ready. That is if the tournaments are going to be played on consoles as well. So your your streaming equipment, your consoles, your the venue has to be ready. All, all of these things go into making offline tournaments a success if you get them ready way before the tournament kicks off, you are really, really good to go. And you have to also get the number of players down really really quickly. Because in Ghana, one thing I've also noticed is once you you register for a tournament online, usually you register for the tournament online before you play offline. You could go onto the tournament site and we've got like 32 or 40 players registered for an offline tournament. But you get to the venue... And it's only half the number that is there. I feel like that is also a big challenge for tournament organisers because they're expecting a lot of players, but when it gets to the final day, they are not able to get the full number. So I feel like tournament organisers must really check the registering system. They should really make sure that all the players who are registering are people who are willing to make it on the final day because there's one tournament I attended. During the registration, once you register, they call you like constantly to check if you are So if the registration came out on Tuesday and the tournament is on Friday, they call you constantly to check if you are going to be able to make it on Friday. So they call you on Wednesday or Thursday and on Friday, probably in the morning as well. So they really, really want to know that and I feel like tournament organizers should do that and probably the, the way things go at tournaments where the number of players registered reduces. I'm sure that problem will stop as well. So the benefits of tournaments, we've already said, you can make money out of tournaments because once you are getting your streaming set, um, you are streaming probably on YouTube, on Twitch, you can make money out of that. So there are a lot of benefits that come with hosting eSports tournaments and the challenges in there as well. We, we had to mention, you also mentioned the biggest challenge for hosting online tournaments again. I feel like everybody will see the network issue first. Um, he also made mention that they're looking to hit a tournament to co- connect African gamers. I think he said the AU tournament, yeah, a tournament to connect African gamers. But their network is going to be a big, big issue. Let's see how it goes for them. And that's a big, big challenge. If you are. Okay.
1: I would yeah. like to tell, um, J.D. and um, Mr. Solomon, please, I've sent you guys an invite to speak. So, if it's not coming, please request so that I can yeah. add you. Yeah, just in case. Because I can see that you yeah. online. And Westbrook, in case your network gets better, just unmute and let us know.
0: Yeah, and um, Carl, before before you go, there are also a players player from Ghana who's gone to a lot of tournaments. What do you think is, is the biggest challenge that you face with?
1: um uh, tournaments in Ghana. To, to, should I speak? Okay, so I'm speaking from a players. Yeah, point of view here.
0: Yeah. We want to hear yeah. from
3: players.
1: Okay, so I understand that um organizing tournaments is really that hard in Ghana because even when it comes to registration fee per se, if it's high, mm-hmm. the boys don't really like to pay. The boys they like free see you watch the 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 turnouts for most tournaments when it's usually um ten cities twenty cities for registration you get a lot of people, but when it goes to fifty um fifty cities and above, you don't really get people to attend yeah, and I think it's from the i don't know whether it's ideology or it's the mentality of some players that they they want it to be free or they they are not maybe they think the price pool for what they are paying for it's not that enough because i noticed that people like low registration for a lot of money but when it's maybe um you see they just ended teacher kudu's um, tournament it was just um registration with 10 cities and with 10 cities you win a uh, thousand cities but when it's i think 50 cities they do the calculation maybe it is um it's uh, 32 people that are going to contest. The organisers are going to get this out of this. So I, I'm, I'm speaking out of what I hear from my my mates, like my fellow players. Yeah. And then I also, um, I also think another thing we players, sometimes we also expect from the hosts for the tournament is that they should at least um, provide something like water me i see it as if maybe they should be providing that at least is the least they can do that's what i'm seeing so, because, so, eh.
0: so b- before you continue for for the providing water do you think if if the price pools are let's say the price for a tournament is thousands yeah. and for the tournament there's going to be no water do you think organizers should cut the thousand cities to probably like 700 CDs and a's? To provide what it, yes,
1: if, if, if the 300 cities would be used for refreshments or something like water, anything, snacks or anything, I, I find it cool because some people actually come there. You see, some tournaments start very early and they close very yeah, early. Yeah, yeah. And some locations for the tournaments, usually there's no really um, um, accessibility to food like that. Let me use two examples. Um, when we play at eSports Academy, usually yeah. you watch that area it's something It's, 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 a, it's something like a a, a, dis, a, a discreet location there are no a lot of food joints around and there are not a lot of shops around so people have to order food that they want to eat so I think if someone is supposed to host a tournament there, if he's going to cut down the price pool and use to provide refreshments I think it will be okay it's okay for me if they do that because we need to be hydrated, we need at least something to enter our tombs. Because playing the game, some people see it as if it's, it's that easy, but it takes a lot of mental strength. You understand?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I totally, I totally agree with you on that one. So we had a former who is who is a FIFA player from Ghana, and he's also been to a lot of tournaments. Veganti, uh, do you want to add something? West Westbrook, if, if if you are here with us now, kindly unmute oh, your mic. Let us know, and I will give you a chance to speak.
1: Yeah, good, good evening, good evening, everybody. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thank, you for finally joining. Good evening, good evening. Um, as I already introduced, Westbrook is also a FIFA player from Ghana. He's also been to a lot of tournaments. Uh, Westbrook, I haven't asked you this question before. Is is, is your name uh, related to the NBA player as Westbrook?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite player is. Uh... Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, okay.
2: <laughs> okay. I was just, just wondering. Okay, um, so
0: now let's, let's hear of your journey as well. How, how did you get into this sport? Yeah, Come
1: yeah, on, yeah,
0: yeah, I was like, um, how, how did you get into eSports? What, what's your story been like? You Sly. Yeah, I can hear you. Hello? Yeah, Westbrook. Did, did you get my question? <clears throat> okay, it seems like Westbrook's uh, network is, is messing up a bit. So let's let's move on to our next guest. I think um, JD is ready to speak with us now. JD, if if you are ready to speak with us now, you can unmute your mic and then let me know. Then we we'll go from there.
4: Yes, I'm here. Good evening.
0: Okay, okay. Um, uh, a nice evening to you as uh, so well. As I said earlier, JD, JD is also um, I think the co-founder of Glass. <laughs> okay, so right. Now. Yeah, color. Can you I I, please speak one pattern for me? Yeah, so as as I was saying, J.D. is a co-founder of Plus Legends Esports. I also was part of the FIFA community in Ghana, and during um, COVID in 2020, no one was going out, so we were looking for avenues to play at that FIFA. I was looking for avenues to also play at that FIFA tournament, and someone added me to Last legends. this was the were I think every FIFA player from Ghana, and I think Africa what was, was in
1: yes, like that so
0: Yes, you know, it's like I hear me. So the dog was saying. It's like I hear me. Change it with Linda, change it with Linda. Linda has it. You know,
4: by noise from you, and know, can you
0: continue? Yeah, so so as I was saying, uh, the Plus Legends group had a lot of FIFA players in there and they, they, they kept hosting online tournaments and it was really fun. I think they've now also brand onto creating an esports team and the co-founder is here with us. JD, um, thank you for joining and how, how has your journey in, in the esports business been like?
4: Um, once again, good evening to all our um, invited guests and then um, those joining us for the, this space. Um, I'll say it's been a, a nice journey. Um,
0: yeah, Jay, we can hear you.
4: Okay. Um, it's been full of ups and downs and I think every day we keep learning something new and then we add it up to what we already know, and then it becomes a better experience. So, okay, overall, okay. I think it's a good journey, and it's something that we, we are still pursuing, yeah. Okay, uh,
0: I think I really wanted to ask you this. What, 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 what prompted you
4: to create uh, BlastLegens Group? Uh... Okay, so basically, um, as you said earlier, when um, COVID hit, I think we were looking for a space to unite our players in eSports and FIFA players to be prepared. And that was precipitated, and then we created a group for that. Along the way, we had people joining our group, and then eventually um, the idea for a tournament came up. So once that came up, we started to take it up, and then uh, we started to send to tournaments. Um, it's 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 been a nice journey, yes. And um, something that started very small has actually grown into something big now and it's yeah really it's,
0: it's, it's, re- it's it's really really big. I i am I'm seeing say, the ways. Okay, so now you're hosting a lot of online tournaments. Um when 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 you are hosting these online tournaments, what do you think are some of the major challenges that you guys face?
4: Well, um the challenges are um, um, yeah, I'll I'll just list a few of them. Um, first of, as as everybody has said, all of my um, able speakers have uh, rightly said it. Is the internet first? The network is not the best, especially when you have to stream matches in addition to playing online. It becomes very difficult for some of the players. Imagine playing a game at um, 120 or 140 ms, and then you'd have to stream in addition, which takes It takes it to probably around 200 and something. The game lags. (laughs) It hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy. um, But we still strive to be doing the best. And I think one of the things that will help us is if we get a better internet connection. It would really help us. Secondly, um, logistics. I think my my boss has already said everything on logistics uh, because some of our players also don't have uh, consoles at home. So most of them, those who don't have play their games in gaming apps, sometimes the internet is better there to connect, sometimes it's not so really good. So that's another challenge. And then another challenge is um actually the 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 plus um against group initially was created for corporate people. Mm-hmm. Not really corporate, but um like a working class. So the tournaments were, um, if I could put it, a form of escape from the normal hustle and bustle of everyday routine, just to have that sense of realization when you are playing the game online. So that was our main focus. So moving on, we realized that uh, there are some discrepancies with time because when you schedule time with um, somebody, they may or may not be available at that time which can also affect the number of games played and the deadlines as well. So, these, these, I would say, are as big as... Yeah, um, the, the offline yeah. ones. The offline. Yeah, yeah, Offline, yeah, yeah. we have some challenges in Ghana. For example, it, once it brings excuse there, nobody can go out. I don't know if it's an African thing or... Yeah, so there are some conditions that will inhibit somebody from um, playing in offline tournaments. So, for example, the weather, we have conditions. And sometimes the players are not willing to pay to participate in tournaments. That also is a challenge. Yes, they are not willing to. Even for for online tournaments, uh, we realize that once we put a price tag on it for registration, the the participation is a bit low. I don't know why that is, but uh, it is what it is. (laughs)
0: <laughs> very very interesting, very very interesting. That last point. Um, um. Okay. Okay. You've said a lot about about the challenges. Now let's let's go to the positive side. Since, since you started organizing um, these online tournaments, what are some of the the advantages that that you've gotten? What What are some good things that you've gotten from from hosting online and uh, online tournaments?
4: Thank you. Um. This is actually a question that I really. Um, love to answer always when I'm, it's, it's being brought up. So, well, there are many um, advantages I would say comes with um, being an online organizer for tournaments. But the topmost is I really learn how to relate with people. Yes, I really learn a lot from how to relate with people because um, the approach you use for player A might not be the same approach you use for player B. So you have to bury it sometimes, and sometimes you have to also take in a lot of excuse me to say bullshit (laughs) from our people. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I get to learn a lot about people, their psychology. (laughs) I I mean, really understand people very well. I also encourage my my members, Mm -hmm. to relate very, I mean, nicely with their fellow humans and. Yeah, just have fun. The game is for fun, so there shouldn't be any tension or gravity and all that. See, that's one of the challenges. The other one is it helps you to become better. I quite remember before I got into this online gaming I thought I was the best. Uh, yes, actually, when you are indoors or you are in the area, you think you are a local. You are a local champion. So, but when you come on. <laughs> And then you meet other players, I mean <laughs> you realize that you don't know anything. So it forces you to improve, it forces you to I mean up your game day by day so that you get better and play, I mean, tougher opponents than yourself. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't yeah. know. That, that, that's, about it. that's about it, yeah. Yeah, would you
0: would you also say that uh, since you become um an online tournament organizer you've built a lot of networks, you've met a lot of people um through
4: that um, please come again. and I, I didn't get your i was flag. like
0: would you would you also add
4: that i can hear Jade,
1: but i can't hear slight would
0: you would you Funny, also add that
4: okay hello I can
0: you can can you hear me
4: Yes, I can, hear you. Like I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. I don't know. If you
0: can. Okay, okay. If, if, if you can hear me, and um, that's fine. If um, our other listeners can also hear me, Those, that, that's the most important thing for us. Um, I was like, can you add that since you've become um, an online tournament um, host or organizer, you've built networks from that? You've met a lot of
4: people from that? Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. Definitely, I think one of the key pillars of the formation of platforms to network, to network, network with gamers, but I mean other profession, uh, professions, so to speak. So I've met a lot of interesting people. I've met celebrities. I met people in um, high positions and all that. So it's it's been a good journey. It's been a good journey. Um, I really love the fact that. Day in, day out, I meet new people, I make new connections. Yes, I do. I've met a lot of good people um, in this esport journey. Very very interesting. But I
0: think I think in regards to all, all the benefits of esports that you stated, the money, 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 money hasn't really been um, I think a factor that you said. But for for um, a tournament organizer like yourself, organizing tournaments within a uh, plus legends how how do you guys plan on making money like i know you guys sometimes stream sometimes the finals of tournament matches or other things is is that is that bringing you money after now
4: yes so um yeah. it's not it's not been uh easy finding funding for our tournament and uh, because because of the frequency it happens every week so it's going to be very difficult to be putting um, an amount on it every week for um, the winner. So we had, at the point in time, we had sponsorship from What's Gaming.net. And they actually sell uh, FUT coins. So um, we partnered with them, and then we hosted a tournament for them as well. So the proceedings um, was actually FUT coins, and, and that was delivered to... Um, our winner but that was a step in the right direction and then um, we are also looking to have more partnerships and later i'm sure the funding will come from that for our tournaments
0: okay 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 very very interesting now now, thank thank you jd as well Um, getting the perspective of an online tournament organizer was really really helpful now we have heard from offline tournament organizers We've heard for an online one as well. Our um, other guest on the space is, is Solomon. He's already listening to us on the space. Solomon, if 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 you are here with us, we'll, we invite you to speak, and then you can also share share your your esports knowledge with us. So Solomon, if 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 you yeah, are if you can hear me, kindly respond, and then we we'll move
1: on from there.
5: Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, sorry once again for coming in late. I had some. Um, emergency that I had to attend to, but thank
2: God I was able to join before time. So I'm here. Slide. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. Thank, thank you for joining us as well. If you don't know who Solomon is, Solomon is also a member of the GGC community from Ghana. That's the JICC gaming community. They are really, um, um, so far, all their tournaments that they've organized, I think it's, it's for FIFA players, but they've already hosted big, big tournaments. I think they, their tournaments can be considered to run through the whole country because once the organized tournament people from different parts of ghana have really featured in those tournaments so getting a, a person like him was really, really important to have someone whose tournament runs through the whole country perspective also was really really needed so uh solomon you're welcome now let, let me also get to know your story how did you get into these sports and now
2: okay Sly. thank you very much for the question and uh um, I'll say esports has always been part of uh, my family. Um, we've always, uh, I mean, been involved with it because, fortunately for my family, we had uh, some of the members outside the country, so they actually brought it in, and it, at a very early age, it was introduced in our house. So we, but I became very active. In esports, that was, uh, let me say, 2018. Yes, that's. I think that, that's when I became very, very active from the home esports player or esports fanatic to a mainstream uh, esports person. So I think uh, 2018 will be when I actively joined or I became part of the esports family. Hello? Hello, oh, Slide. Can I,
0: yeah, can you hear you now?
2: Yeah, I can hear you now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, when, when I heard, when you, when you first started, you were like, eSports have always been a part of your family. That was the first time I heard that from someone from Ghana, because usually the players and other eSports enthusiasts, they are the only ones from their families who usually um, like eSports or enjoy sport. So, very, very interesting to hear. To thank you for sharing your story. That's, but now, getting into the, the, the important
4: bits, um, how difficult has it been organising tournaments
0: in Ghana? <laughs> so I, um le-
2: let me laugh to the question before I I I, I, and, um,
1: <laughs> okay. I I I laugh
2: in capital letters. Let me add it that way. <laughs> uh, wow. us, us hosting a tournament <laughs> in Ghana. <laughs> hosting uh, tournaments. Is is not as easy and as simple as maybe some people make it look. One of the greatest challenge as an organizer, I would say, we face is the participants. I mean, the players.
4: Hey, what for? Um...
2: Yes, I I, 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 let me say, fortunately, I was, I was there, or I was here to hear when Kalu was talking about when the organizers can get water for them and all that and I, I was actually laughing because he rightly said um, even getting players to register for a tournament it's it's something else they don't want to pay but they want to receive even yes. even when they are being paid for commitment to it is an is an issue. You go that extra mile to organize a tournament, try to put in a lot of things and if I want to go through the issue
4: I'm sorry that it ended unexpectedly, but
2: um you can continue now. okay, so I thank you very much and um, as I was saying, if we want to go on with the the what do you call it the challenges. most of our speakers have already mentioned it. uh, That has got to do with logistics and all that. But one of the greatest challenges as an organizer has got to do with the participants, the players. And I repeat, and I will say it again, the players. You know, um, as um, the host Riley said, it's got to do with the amount of money they pay. When you ask for players to register for a tournament is like, why should I pay for it? But when they win or when they participate in it, they want you to serve them. They want you to give them um, a, a bit of luxury treatment, as he's saying, get them at least water. That is that is no problem. But the question is, most of these tournament organizers are actually being organized by Individuals, not, and as we can all attest to it, we hardly have sponsors coming in to support our, our, our what do you call it, our world. Yeah. But this, uh, this players come in with a little that you have earned somewhere and brought it back to this tournament. Even for them to show up, for people outside to see the seriousness or the importance of what we are doing, they don't show up. They show up with excuses, they show up with attitudes, disrespect and all that. That for me, for me, and uh, as part of GGC uh, what do you call it, member, that is one of the issues we face, or uh, one of the biggest challenges we face. You spend nights, days planning for a project or an organ- uh, tournament, and the players get there and they treat it like, it doesn't mean anything. It's one, it's one problem that if it's been handled well, I think uh, we'll get a lot of uh, guests coming in in terms of what support and all that. And um, I think one of the greatest challenges too is uh, it's got to do with uh, sponsorship, as I mentioned earlier in sponsorship. You know, I keep on saying, it. this is not the first place I've said it, and I'm going to say it again. Gaming. Or esports used to be seen as, uh, excuse me, if you are not from Ghana, but in Ghana we say kubolo, like truants. Yeah, know, yeah. And that was how it was seen. That was how it was seen that games, esports, or e-games are for truants who ran away from schools and all that. So the community, the the country, there's the continent still do not see esports as the Western world sees it. So it would take time for us to sensitize and educate people to know that this is also an avenue of what? uh, For employment. And, I mean, it it, it can create so many revenues for the country and even the individuals at large. But it, it depends on us, the players, and the organizers to make it happen. So I think that is something we have to look at. Very,
0: very, very interesting thoughts from Solomon there on, the, on the challenges of it. I think, I think today you came. This is, you came here on a mission to to get that word out there that the players' discipline is is really one thing that is hurting tournament organisers. I I really felt that when when you really um, brought out those those complaints, because I I also see it. I've also been at um. Solomon's tournaments, the GDC tournaments, I also see that the player discipline is, is not the best. And if, if, if it has changed, um, Solomon, I think we're getting some feedback from your, from your side. Okay, okay. It's, yeah, it's, so, sorry. It's, it's okay now. Um, um, so I also, I also see that the player discipline is, is not the best. So if you're a player on here who participates in tournaments, online or offline, uh, please make it to the tournament on time. Once you're there and you're told to, Take pictures. You are told to also do something. Please do them, because these tournament organizers go through a lot before they get the the tournaments done. But enough enough of the negative side. Of, so what? Now, what of the positives? If if someone also wants to get into tournament organizing and hosting in, in Ghana and also at um, other parts of the world, what 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 are some of the things that you've gotten from hosting tournaments in Ghana?
2: Um. Thank you once again. Um, when it comes to hosting tournaments in Ghana, one of the greatest thing I would say I have achieved from being part of organizing tournaments is meeting people, uh, creating links. Um, I mean, that, that's one of, one of the things that I would say when it comes to organizing it helps you to ask us, uh, I think it was um uh, I think, Westbrook. No, said, I think it was J.D. JD, JD, JD who, who, who made that statement? J.D., okay, yeah. yeah. It makes you know how to deal with people. people. Yeah, related how to them. How to contain people. It, it, it helps you to understand a whole lot of things that maybe you might have taken it on the low, or you might have not seen it as any importance, but one of the things too that uh, with the organizing bit is, you need to be ready. It is a very interesting place, but a very dicey one as well. The positive side, as I will tell you, is satisfaction. Mm-hmm. It is not just about the job; it's about the passion you have for it. I, I will, at this point, I'll use this uh, to commend my my boss, my senior. That is uh, Roman Yuba from GGC. It is not just um, a job for him. It's a passion. So when I I say, when when you talk about um, if somebody wants to get in, if the passion is not there and you are looking for their returns, you will not enjoy it. So for for me, I think uh, if anyone wants to go into tournament organization, and I mean in esports, first of all, the passion needs to be there. If you come in with the money, the funds you think you are going to make, I'm sorry to disappoint you, not in our kind uh, in our part of the world <laughs> now. Um. Um, so I mean, basically, I mean, it's got to do with the joy of it. Yeah, very,
0: very, very interesting. The, the, the part where you said the passion has to be there, I, I really, really felt it. And where you commended uh, Raman Yuba, I, I think I must also commend him as well. He's, he's done an amazing job with DDC. And hopefully, the passion does not die because of player discipline and then all the challenges that come with esports. He's done, he's done a lot for esports in Ghana. Uh, very, very, very interesting. But, um, one. the final question before you leave. Um, about how to make money from tournament organizing and tournament hosting. I know there's already probably content creation. Like, I've already seen with GGC on, on their TikTok channel. After the tournament, they've posted a lot about um, that um, rep country, in the Soccer World Cup. I saw they've created content out of that. Is, is that the only way of making money out of these tournaments? Like, getting the content and the streaming?
2: Um... For now, I would say yes. Okay. But um, there is more to it than just the content creation. Now, um, with with uh, the introduction of teams, we now have team owners. We now have, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, when I say a lot, of, a lot of teams coming up, which... The gamers are going to benefit from it. Not now. And you see, uh, Sly, one of the things you have to let it get across everybody's uh, mind or let everybody hear is eSports in Africa, eSports in Ghana, is not the eSports in the Western world that people want the, the space to just turn to the Western world overnight. Now... If um, I I I'll use this as an example slide yourself, maybe who knows you wanted to become a host, a sports journalist. Knows. You didn't get the chance to do it physical. You didn't get the chance to be in the local or traditional journalism or uh, what do you call it? Uh, sports commentary or commentator? Yeah, or Sports, or, sports yeah. analyst. But esports has now created an avenue for people like ourselves to get jobs to do in the space. We we have people who want to be footballers and they couldn't uh, feather it or they couldn't they didn't have the opportunity. But now they are what esports athletes or sportsmen. I mean, we all know the likes of. Uh, Guy Wonderkid, Kid, Kelvin, Kalu um, yeah. himself. The, pop, the popular players. Yes. The popular yeah. players. Uh-huh. And um, to add to it, the recent uh, Jeff Labista going all the way yeah. to d'Ivoire to win, an, uh, what do you call it, um, a, a medal over there. The question is, where would Jeff or any of these players would have been to be known as a FIFA player? It's creating avenues for, excuse me to say, people that couldn't pursue our passion. For example, I've always wanted to be a military personnel. I wanted to be in the army. I couldn't join, but I play what, or I'm into games that that involves the military and in my mind. And I know in other people's mind, you have the satisfaction of at least doing something that you really wanted to do, if not physical, virtually. Yeah, yeah. So, for for for, for me, esports or uh, let me yeah for esports the the aspect of making money out of it now in our part of this world is not yet there. We are only MKG. dwelling on the, pod, uh, what do you call it, the content creation. And, yeah. Yes, and hoping to get in the corporate bodies to come in as sponsorship packages, to bring in the sponsorship packages, and also picking up some of these teams. We'll be happy here to hear, okay, um, Vortec has picked uh, Team Falcon, Play Province, A-Team, to sponsor the team or to become the official sponsor of the team we we are hoping it gets there one day that uh, uh what do you call it I, I don't call gets up and say we are going to organize or we are going to finance the a tournament
0: yeah like and like, that like is the where, way like the way MTN did um, a few years ago like
2: the MTN conference ex- exactly we are just hoping those things come up and that is where sometimes or let not sometimes that's where our toil or our struggle for this esports space may pay, but until then, it's just got to do with the content creation and sometimes bits of support from individuals and certain corporate bodies supporting tournaments.
4: Oh, thank okay. you.
0: Okay, yeah,
2: <laughs> you are very, very much welcome. have really, really impacted
0: a lot of. A lot of knowledge about about esports in Ghana, esports tournament hosting. Um, I think, Solomon, we are getting a little bit feedback from your friend. Kindly mute your mic too. Yeah, okay, thank you. Solomon has muted his mic now. Um, As I was saying, Solomon, you said a lot. We've learned a lot as well from you. Um, We have our our final speaker here with us. I think, Westbrook, if if you are ready now, kindly request for the mic they will give you a chance to speak. But for the listeners on this space, I, I, I also been in the in the esports scene for. I, I should say I've, I've been in the uh, gaming esports scene for a while now. I've also learned a lot from from hearing these guys share share their knowledge about esports hosting. If you've got a question for them, if you've got a contribution,
1: Sly, I have I have something to chip in. If you yeah, can. sure, sure. Um I think uh, Veganti v- said he disagrees with what um Kobe said. So I'd like oh, him to then, um, okay yeah, okay sure to, sure.
0: Veganti, the, the floor is yours. Can uh make us know your point.
5: Hello. Uh, yeah, was yeah. it him that uh, talked about giving the players water or something like that? No, Cal- yeah, I was Cal- the one Cal- that. I was the one that said I, uh, I was. Uh, that's actually what I wanted to disagree with. Instead, actually, okay,
0: okay, yeah, because um. I,
5: I, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think um, the tournament organizers owe the players anything. Actually, the tournament organizers are doing what they can in order to get the players an avenue to play a game competitively in the first place to win something. I don't think it's up to their responsibility in any way, shape, or form to take care of the players when they come to the tournament. Of course, the safety is the responsibility of the tournament organizers. But at the end of the day, still, um, you're not—they're not there so that you can baby them. They're there so that they can play in a tournament and win money. They're not there for anything aside from that. And I wanted to say, like, it's actually a bit of ignorance. Uh, it's something that people don't want to hear. But yes, it's a thing of ignorance on our parts. Because the three weeks ago we actually talked about something similar, and I was saying that, for example, people can say they want to participate in a tournament, you put the tournament up, and then they don't want to show up because a person is playing or b person is playing and stuff like that. So it's it's really a thing of it's really a thing of ignorance because at the heart of everything esports, people like to forget or people like to forego the fact that this is business at the end of the day. Your passion can be your passion, but um, for example, you can't pursue your passion without a brain. And that brain costs money in the first place. So you can't say uh, you want to go and participate in eSports. You want to make your name without an initial investment somehow because the initial investment is what matters. That's what these tournament organizers do for you. They create that avenue for you to initially invest yourself. And your job when you go for those tournaments is not to think about them taking care of you. Your job is to win. There is a player that goes by the name of Arslan Ash, um, he was a he's a Tekken player from Pakistan. Um, Tek, uh, Tekken from Pakistan had not seen any scene whatsoever, as in the scene from Pakistan was basically non-existent. However, during a certain tournament in Japan, known as Evo, um, this player known as Arislan Ash came from Pakistan, and no, I think it was not in Japan; it was in the United States came from um, the Middle East and absolutely decimated every single person in the tournament, including the main tournament holder for Tekken, who has won consecutive times in a row by the name of Kudans. It was because of this person called Arslan Ash who uh, had won that tournament for himself for them to put Pakistani Tekken on the map. If it wasn't for him, Pakistani second would have never seen light. And if you should hear him talk about the things that he went through to even be there in the first place, he speaks of the fact that he had to basically uh, rely on his sponsor, but by the time he even got there, he hadn't slept, he hadn't eaten. And he was basically working on fumes for nothing, but for about two days or so. So imagine going to a tournament, having not slept for two days. And being able to still perform, outperform your, contesters, uh, your contestants and win. That is not a small feat in and of itself. But that's what I'm trying to talk about here. You, when you go to a tournament, your job is not to think about how the um, organizers are going to take care of you. Your job there is to win and nothing else. And I think it's really ignorant and it's really um, ignorant and what's the word? There is a delusion of entitlement somewhere there if you if you think that when you go for a tournament <laughs> may, because maybe, you are... use the word consumer,
1: upset. upset.
5: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, entitlement. It's entitlement. It's the delusion of entitlement to think that you are entitled to the tournament organizers taking care of you should you... Um, participate in the <laughs> tournament. No. Because they take your money doesn't mean they treat
2: you any better. I, I 100% agree with you. And delusional...
1: Mindset.
5: <laughs> lo-
2: your
5: oh, <laughs> I mean, I've seen uh, Solomon. I've also seen Cuba when I was working at the arena. They were the first people to actually have uh, their tournaments within the arena. I had to go there for, I had to go to the arena. The work hours were 12 hours a day. So I was at the arena from, it was more than 12 hours, especially because we had to organize them at 7 a.m. in the morning. And so, imagine going to work at seven a.m. in the morning for three consecutive days, only to close at twelve midnight, for people to come to have a tournament in your space, and then they think that they're entitled to you cheating them like they are geniuses or gods, making your life harder. It's not. It's it's some serious it's some serious annoyance. You're not going to hear this from anyone, but I personally I don't work there anymore, so uh, think of it as an inside as an inside statement. The people who are killing, <laughs> the people who are killing themselves, so that you can have your tournament, so you can make your names—they couldn't be understated. And I'm not saying that just because I worked in this position before. I'm saying that from the uh, position of a contester as well.
0: Wow! Wow! A, a lot has been said by by I, I think I think the players who also like to also um um tripping. Um, do you agree with everything that Verganti said?
1: Yeah. Um. Basically, yeah. I, I was trying to tell you guys what the players say a lot. If you notice, most tournaments, I'm the one that advocates for those stuffs because that's what they come and tell me. They say I'm the one who can talk, so I should go and say it. I understand. And from what he's saying, I think it's the teams that are supposed to provide for the players. Because I see, um, I see, um, text and doing vlogs about their teams giving them so, so and so before they go to the tournament some is about food and all that I, I usually see it in some of their vlogs so i think from what he's saying i i would i would i, would, I, would, I would support him in a way because i don't think he, that organizers are the ones supposed to and give you the food or the water or whatever you want. I think it's supposed to be your but, team. But, or, but or Sky, I, team. I, also,
0: I also disagree with you with, with you saying okay. this is for the teams, because just like Solomon said, esports in Africa or in Ghana is not like in the Western world. For them, their teams are better equipped to be probably able to provide you water refreshment and other stuff. For yeah, the the teams yeah. are already Providing you with um, logistics, access for your training, or probably transportation. So <laughs> them going out of their way to also provide refreshment.
1: Okay, I think but, so but the players have to do. Okay, but Sly, here's the case where you say you say um, we are not we've not gotten to be as, but we are as, uh, we are aspiring to be like them. Yes, yeah, because they are way <laughs> ahead of us. So we, we basically learn from them. Because I think I think it's, it's, it's supposed to be the teams at least water water shouldn't be something that is. Going to be um, too
2: much. Uh, hello, hello. Yeah, um, I'm listening. Hello, let me let me just add this to it. Oh, okay. I, I I like I like the way you think, and I wish all the players would think the way you think. In the first place, you are talking about water. If I stand to be corrected. But if any of you on the space tonight can attest to it, GGC used to give water, drinks, and even sometimes food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I I can confirm that. Yes, the question is, why do we stop? Why? Because we need to entice you to join the space. But even with all our efforts, what happens? Players give excuses. I can't come. I'm coming. I am late. As um, uh, what's his name? Um, Vegati. Vegati said, he's been, thank God he was there. He's seen it. Sometimes we stay overnight just to get to the place in shape for a tournament to go on. Three days. You get there as early as 7 a.m., you leave there as 12 midnight. For crying out loud. These are people who also have families. And point of correction, it is not always, uh, as it has been said, that only Truant and only people would. Do... Kalu, you are, I don't know, but if I'm, a, I'm right, you are an university graduate. I know some guys in there who are university graduates, some are fathers and uh, some are workers and all that. But we spend our time doing this. And if it doesn't yield anything, even paying for 50 Ghana cities to register, where you get a T-shirt, you get a jersey, you get all that. How much is a jersey? How much is the printing? But even paying, that becomes a problem. Then you want the organizer to go further by giving water. That is not a problem. But what are you investing? Not even your time. Even your time, it's a problem. So, Carlo, if you want the, an event organizer to meet you in that uh, in that space, the players or the participants should also meet the, what do you call it, the organizers halfway. And I'll use this platform to comment the Ghana COD uh, group. They, 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 I will say, are, are the, the players, if I personally have any option to sponsor or to uh, organize any tournament. The other people I'll focus more on because they, they actually involve in whatever they are doing or whatever you are doing. Not to the FIFA players. <laughs> yes, not, not because they think they have rich. Excuse me, nobody knows you. Nobody knows you. So yeah, let's, yeah. let's meet, let's meet ourselves in between. Water is not a problem. Water would not be a problem for any organizer to give you water. But what are you also bringing on the table just to come and play? And when you win, ask yourself, the cameramen and the crew that works on a production, what do they take home? You win a tournament, you go home with televisions, you go home with cash money. What do the organizer get? Nothing.
5: I, I believe. I, I believe it is important for spaces like this to have a bit of information so i'm gonna go over i'm gonna go over something actually or should i say i'm gonna go over the way tournaments are supposed to work the way you're supposed to monetize tournaments and the way players are supposed to behave towards tournaments technically speaking a player registers for a tournament on a paid price for entry this paid price is the amount of money that's going to go to the tournament organizer's pocket in addition to whatever initial investment they've already made. That money is necessarily is necessarily uh, going to pretty much cover most of the tournament expenses, such as anything that is to be used as extra in any way, sense or form, um, or anything that is supposed to be used in extra monet- uh, monetization. The players themselves when this money has been spent, are supposed to not expect anything from the organizers after that amount of money has been spent. That is their entry fee. And that is going to also contribute towards the price pool in totality that's going to be um, used for the players that ended up end up coming first, second, third, whatever. Now, amongst uh, that amount of money, there, there are some extras. The extras come from a certain number of things, such as the number of people who decide to be present for the tournament. Based on the number of people who are going to show up for the tournament and the people who are going to spectate, there's a reason why tournaments like EVO um, have tickets for you to go there in the first place. Because when you, uh, the player, registers for on EVO, um, that's the price pool that money is supposed to cover whatever is supposed to be gotten from the price pool and that's okay now past that, the rest of the money is going to come from pretty much sponsorships and um, what do you call them sponsorships and um, and in, uh, invitations or should I say um, how many people how many people who how many spectators come to watch, essentially. So based on the spectators alone, you can have maybe a ticket selling slightly cheaper than the actual uh, tournament participation fee. So that's where the brunt of the amount of money is coming from. Then there's also the amount of money that comes, um, that comes from the amount of things that are going to be sold during the tournament. Things that are going to be like, for example, drinks, food, uh, places to sit, front row seats, stuff like that that is going to be where the rest of that money is going to come from. So it, it all, it all pairs down. Like people need to remember that at the end of the day, all this is business. You can't pursue the dream without having that bit of initial investment, everything, everything, the way everything, or the way most things work in the world is always give and take. If you're giving, if you're taking too much and uh, never giving, you should know that there's a scam somewhere. Either you are the scammer or the person that you're dealing with is the scammer. It's always give and take. It's never two, it's never, uh, it should never be one of uh, either at 100% of the time. That would be, well, yeah, that would be obviously problematic for no matter which party is included. And pretty much for the players, uh, the players do one thing. They go to these tournaments to win. And if they don't win, well, this is why they don't get sponsored because the sponsors initially are going to make sure that the players can do nothing but focus on the tournament. But then again, um, you can't just be there advertising a the player and expect somebody to sponsor you because that's basically, like I said, give and take. You're asking somebody to waste money on you when there's no guarantee that you're going to win the tournament and give them um, more of a face or give them more of a um, advertisement, because you're not going to get you're not going to make a name for yourself, you're not going to win the tournament, and it just falls flat. And the question becomes, why am I sponsoring you in the first place? And that's where another um, the accommodation for the players come in. You you are supposed to do well enough. Uh, to prove that you are worth sponsoring or you are worth uh, having money spent on you. If you don't do that, then there's a problem. That's how it works. Well, I don't okay. know why down here we have an issue with well, our, own, uh, our own abilities as players, thinking that we are entitled as to the way we are to be treated by these tournaments or organizations. I, I don't know, but that's just my two cents. Wow,
0: thank you, Berganti. You, you said a lot. Um, I think now we can hear from our, our final guest. Um, Westbrook, also a player who's played in a lot of tournaments. Westbrook, if, if, if you can hear us now, um, we want to hear you speak. Yeah, I think he still has problems. 22, um, so, so, yeah, so, um, so sorry we couldn't reach Westbrook if you if, if we are still. Otherwise, we are waiting to hear from you before we end the space. But it has been a really, really enjoyable one. I feel like Verganti has said a lot. So- Solomon has also said a lot. Kalu has said a lot. Um, JD has also said a lot. Um, I think we've lost um, Kobe, but he also said a lot. If-, if you're a listener on the space, now we are giving you the chance. If you're a listener on the space and you've got a question, you've got an addition, you've got a subtraction even. <laughs> Um, okay,
1: okay, Sly. Fight? I would like get, to. Get, I would like you a to. Speak. Sly, I would like to say something to the players that are on the speech. Okay, okay. Uh, in case we go to any tournament, I beg, make none of you can send me make an advocate for anything. I, beg <laughs> 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 I have to be friends to It's it's not. It's not. It's not always. Um, it it it's supposed to be a give-and-take something. So, when you are coming, you know that you've registered for a tournament, so I'm sure you're supposed to to plan for it. Yeah, you're supposed to plan for it because sometimes you have to bear. Even if your team doesn't provide what your team is supposed to provide, it's, it's all about the passion you're using to play the game. Unless you are taking the game as something that by force you have to make, the game you have to understand that nah, it's not it's not basically it's not something like bet so to say yeah i don't see it like that i see it as passion someone asked me in the group today that is it every tournament i'm going to participate to? whether i'm on form i'm not on form and i said yeah because i played the game because it's passion whether i'm not on form i don't really if if i don't perform well i know that people would talk people would and um, troll and all that but that's not what i'm looking at you understand? I play it because I actually like it. I actually love what I'm doing. So, whether I'm on form or not on form, I like to do my best. You understand? Yeah. So, I would, I would advise our players when you are coming, please, I beg you, plan, plan, plan for your food and stuff. If you come in there and they are providing fine supplies to you, but don't come with the mentality that. The organisers are pleased to, to give you something, like, you understand. As again, said, you, should, you should understand.
5: At the very <laughs> least, if you're asking <laughs> for food, why they sell What you should be asking, typically speaking?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very interesting. I, I think after, after this interesting space, we have to be able to create a players' association and elect Calou president, because he said a about- <laughs> I've, I've, I've really, I've really, really enjoyed it. So, um, finally, I'm giving the time to our listeners. still if you've got an addition, if you've got a question for our, our speakers today. They've, they've said a lot. Um, I, I hope you also got a lot from them about esports in Ghana. We spent about almost an hour, thirty minutes on the space. So, we are, we are we are about closing. So, if if you've got something to say, you, you can as well say it now. But um, since since uh, Regarding from the players' point of view and um, the tournament organizers' point of view, we've heard from both sides. We've seen the challenges that both of them face. And we've, seen, we've also heard about how we can also change that and then um, change the way we think. I think Vergante um, really, really said a lot about how we are supposed to conduct ourselves at tournaments as players and how the, the organizers what the organizers are supposed to do for players after after hearing what Begante said, I think now my mind has my mind has completely changed about tournament organizers. I didn't know about everything that we were supposed to do, but now I think I'm I'm, I'm okay with that, and I, I really really enjoyed his bit as well. Um, Solomon also really really chipped in with a lot. JB also an online tournament organizer also. Brought in his challenges that he faces as an online tournament organizer and some of his benefits as well. So, it's still the Your Mind Day podcast on Twitter Spaces. We are also on YouTube. So, kindly follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. We are also on TikTok and we are also on Spotify. So, if you are on Spotify and looking to also get the knowledge about esports in Ghana, Africa, and beyond, you can go on Spotify and hear us as well. So, for now, I think we can close now. It's been a lovely space. Thank you all for joining. Even though there was an abrupt end, you guys still came to listen to us and we've learned a lot off of each other. So, till next time, it's bye. Stay safe. Your Monday will come to you next week, same time, Thursday. Uh, hopefully, we enjoyed as we did this one. So, stay safe and good night.